Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, Kitchen Chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I am just delighted that you're joining me here in my Chicago suburbs kitchen to do a bit of chatting. It's so wonderful to hear from you. Please keep in touch on Facebook, which is Kitchen Chat, on Instagram, Margaret McSweeney, on Twitter, at McSweeney, and follow me on my YouTube channel, Margaret McSweeney, where I'm doing One Take Tuesdays. I'm overcoming my fear of fruits and vegetables in the produce aisle and in just one take and in just one minute, I am sampling and learning how to work with these vegetables and fruits. So anyway, it's always great to hear from you. And you are just going to love our guest today. She's been on Kitchen Chat once before with the Driscoll Strawberry Shortcake Day. And I'm so delighted to have Dory Greenspan back in my kitchen, someone who really needs no introduction. Oh my goodness, she's award-winning IACP and James Beard and has been baking her way into the hearts of people around the world for many years. And her latest cookbook she's about to release is called Baking Chez Moi, Recipes from My Paris Home to Your Home Anywhere. Welcome to Kitchen Chat, Dory. Margaret, it's so great to be with you. And while I might be in your kitchen, you're in mine. <laughs> you from my kitchen that. in Connecticut. <laughs> I love that. What a treat to virtually be in your kitchen in Connecticut. Oh, well, first of all, congratulations on what is this? Your eleventh cookbook. It's my eleventh book, and I'm so. I mean, I am. I am as excited about this this book as though it were my my first. I'm, I love this new book. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. And if you can just share with us and the listeners about how this came about, you, you're basically gathering these delicious desserts from your friends and chefs in France. If you could share a little bit of background about that. I was describing some of the recipes in the book to um, my neighbor up the street, and she said, you know, it sounds like comfort baking. Mm. And I loved that term, and I hadn't, I hadn't heard it before. And in fact, she did the perfect job of describing the recipes in this book. They're French comfort baking. It's interesting. I've been going to France for 40-plus years and have been living there part-time for oh, almost 20 years. And I've always been interested in the pastry shops, those perfect, beautiful, polished patisserie in Paris. Um, But the kinds of things that I always bake at home are the simple things. And it was so interesting for me to discover what French people bake at home. It was like discovering a parallel universe (laughs) to... (laughs) After all of these years, it's like a parallel universe to the polished, perfect pastries in in the shops. When I think back, I realized that I was able to get these recipes because I was lucky enough to live in Paris, to live in France, and to have friends. Because these are almost 
they're almost secret recipes. Hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting the way you and I would bake on a weekend or bake in the middle of the week because we just love to bake and it's relaxing and we want to share something with, with people, you know, we love. That's not the way the French bake. The French don't really bake. They have all these patisserie and they go out and they buy stuff. <laughs> right. When it's a fancy dinner party, you get a fancy, a fancy dessert. French people bake really only for their families, only oh. for their closest, closest friends. And they bake very simple things. My, my neighbor was right. It's comfort baking. And so I was able to get these recipes because I had really good friends. And yet, but they didn't give them up so, so, so easily. <laughs> so I, so my bestest, bestest friends, I'd say, oh, you know, I love that little um, almond cake you made. May I have the recipe? Oh, you don't want the recipe. Twenty minutes. Oh, it's too simple. It's too simple. You don't, no, 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 no. You don't want it. And over and over again, I was trying to decide if saying it's too simple was like being modest. Oh. Was it part of some dance that I needed to learn where, you know, you ask three times and you finally get it? Everybody said, no, 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 no. It's extremely simple. It's too simple for you. You wouldn't want it. And in fact, every time I finally coaxed a recipe, from a friend. It turned out it was simple, oh. but it was also delicious. Yes. Delicious. That simple elegance of comfort food. And, and this book, this beautiful book, is just overflowing with incredible recipes, and the photographs are just like, oh, Aren't they gorgeous? Please. I'm so happy with them. <laughs> oh, and that lucky photographer who probably got to sample some of these things after uh, <laughs> taking yes, pictures. We, uh, we, every, every, everything, everything that was photographed was enjoyed. Oh, as it should be. How yes. fun. There are just so many pages overflowing with wonderful insights into French baking at home. One thing, Dory, I was just so surprised to read about on page 203, where you put TikTok treat time, and where you talked about how bread is considered a daily necessity in France. And right. so the government regulates the price of a baguette, uh, making so it... A, everyone can afford one, yes. Isn't that interesting? And he yeah. said, but pastry is a luxury, although it can seem like a daily luxury, and how the French think sweets less as temptations so but they still definitely indulge and enjoy and and you're saying they have one you know after lunch or dinner a yet treat yeah yes. a little treat in the middle of the afternoon a little pick me up for me it's fascinating because pastry is part of french life hmm. it isn't considered i mean it's a treat of course it's not a guilty treat it's not a guilty pleasure. You don't find desserts with names like chocolate decadence. You don't hear things described as sinful. Hmm. People don't eat something and then afterwards say, oh, I feel so guilty, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> it's still interesting to me because it's very different from the way some people think about sweets here. You know, sugar is not the devil. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a, the, you hear, it's the other thing, you hear the word pleasure in France over and over Aww. again. People talk about pleasure. And I always find it interesting that the expression joie de vivre mm. is, 
never translated. We in America say joie de vivre. Right, right. Oh, And I see that, I see that in France, and I see that particularly when I see people enjoying pastry. You have put together a compilation of joie de vivre <laughs> with some of these amazing, oh, the lemon madeleine, that just, you just look, it looks like you could pick it up from the page. It is. Oh, I wish you could because they're so delicious. Many of the recipes are for traditional French sweets. Many are regional. France is the same size as Texas, oh. but it's really quite small. I mean, Texas is big, but, but France as a country is, is a small country. And yet it has so many regional specialties. And it was fun for me to learn those. It was also fun for me to learn twists hmm. on traditional sweets. So those lemon mandolins are glazed and they're glazed after they come out of the oven. There's a light glaze that's brushed over them and they're put into a really, really hot oven for just a minute or so. And you get this sugar. Sometimes it crackles and it's not supposed to, but that's when I like it most. <laughs> um, the pastry chef said it's not supposed to. It always crackles, chez moi. And I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know you could do that. And so for as long as I've been baking and for as long as I've been writing, every time I started, I, you know, every time I would meet someone, every time I would get a new recipe, I would learn something new. And I think that's mm. what, you know, it's what I love about, about food. There's always, there's always something new. There definitely um, is, which is so exciting. And you teach so much in this book. And I want to make sure we get to some of the listeners' questions. Karen Todd Scarpola wrote, Dory and I worked at Bon Appetit at the same time. I was in advertising department in L.A. Yeah. Yes, my question is, what is one baking tip for making a really moist cake, something that the average baker may not know? The moistness, first of all, it's so nice to hear for her. Um, the, the moistness is often a, a part of the recipe itself, depending on what the ingredients mm. are. If you start with a recipe that's going to produce a moist cake, you can make sure you get that moist cake by not over-baking it. Hmm. So you have to be careful to not bake too long and also how you mix ingredients always has something to do with the texture so in general you want to mix if particularly for a cake so you 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 want to mix the butter sugar and eggs until they're together and thinking about a standard cake until they're really well blended and then you want to be really delicate when you add the flour and any mm. kinds of leavening. So it's like a fast and slow, you know, strong and, and, and tender kind of, of thing. It's, it's, you work more fully, actively in the beginning, and then as the dry ingredients go in. Okay. So the technique is quite a bit of it, too. Well, yeah, but with with moistness, it's often the recipe. And then what you want to do is just make sure to follow the recipe so that you keep that nice texture. That is great to know. And Marianne wrote in, how do you adjust French recipes to reflect the difference in flours we use in the States? Great question. I'm so glad that was asked. The flour in France isn't as strong as ours. It has a lower percentage of, of protein. Hmm. And you can say, you know, a, a weaker flour. I tested every recipe in America with American ingredients. Oh. And 
you know, of course I did. I wanted yeah. I wanted all of my American readers to yes. be able to, you know, be successful. Yes. And then, of course, they were retested in, in you know, in America with, with American ingredients. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was able to just go directly from French measurements to American. Often I had to decrease the amount of flour I was using in America from the original French recipe. It's tricky. You know, obviously not undoable. I'm really happy because I feel like I got all of the flavor and all of the texture that I had fallen in love with in in France that I was able to get that here in America and that my readers will be able to, too. Oh, this is... Just wonderful. And and I have to ask, too, because um, you, of course, wrote with Julia Child her book. Yes. Do you have any special memories of her? And what was her favorite dessert? What was her favorite dessert? You know, I'm not sure I know what her favorite dessert was, but I will tell you that when Nancy Silverton... So I wrote Baking with Julia. Yes. It was part of the... It was the book that accompanied the television series in which... 27 bread bakers and pastry chefs came and baked in Julia's kitchen. And when Nancy Silverton came, she made Nancy Silverton, a West Coast baker, pastry chef, wonderful. Yes, extraordinary. When she came, yes, when she came, she made a brioche, so Mm. an egg-rich, you know, bread that had a creme, I'm trying to remember, I think it was a creme fraiche and egg yolk custard in the center. Yum. And when Julia tasted that, she cried. <gasps> Just like one tear dropped from her eye because for her, it tasted so like France. It brought back all of those memories. Oh. That, I just have goosebumps hearing that I know, story. So do I. So do I. I'm thinking back. Julia was just as fabulous and wonderful as you want her to be. The woman you saw on television was the woman you knew in person. Wow. You know, yes, it was an honor to work with her, but she became a really good, good friend. We used to we used to speak every morning on the phone, and I loved her. My husband and son adored her, and we all miss her. Yes, yes, but you know, you continue to be a legacy in this book, too. I think she would love this book. Oh, I oh, would. You. <laughs> Thank you. I would, there's nothing I would like more than to be able to show Julia this book, because I do think she would have loved it. She just had such an affection and such a deep feeling for, for France, and Every time I would come back from a trip to France, she would call and she'd say, tell me the food is still good. Please tell me the food is still good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a joy. What a joie de vivre, indeed. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Or I think it should be called Julia de vivre. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret, that's great. Oh, well, this has just been so much fun to have a kitchen chat with you listeners. Oh, my goodness. We could go on and on for hours highlighting the incredible recipes that are in here. And one that caught my eye real quickly is the matcha tea financière. Did I pronounce that correctly? Financière, but yes, yes. So financière, usually almond or hazelnut and egg white cake. They have a wonderful little spring to them. They're made with 
tons of butter. And they were originally made in Paris. Financier is uh, a stockbroker. And they were made in a Paris pastry shop that was right across the street from the stock exchange. And the pastry shop owner developed the little cakes. They're very small because the stockbrokers would come in in the afternoon looking for a quick treat. And (laughs) so he thought, okay, I can make something that they can eat with their fingers and that um, won't leave crumbs on their ties. (laughs) And so he developed these financiers, and the usual shape for them, I make them in mini muffin tins, but the Mm. usual shape for them is a small rectangle, kind of like a gold ingot. Ah. And he named the dessert for his his customers. And I always think that the reason they're called financiers is that they're as rich as the people they were named for. <laughs> they are so delicious. <laughs> and they, they're very versatile. You can you can flavor them in many, many different ways. And these days, matcha green tea is a mm. very popular ingredient in Paris, particularly. And so I created these with that tea. And the color is lovely. And they're just, oddly, they're as good with coffee as they are with tea. Oh, I love that. And that, the, that would be great for Chicago St. Patrick's Day celebrations as well. Well, that's a great idea. <laughs> so that great would idea. be fun. And also, I love that that's so trendy because there seems to be a trend with cooking with tea. And I just had interviewed some folks from Kindle College and a Sri Lankan tea plantation owner. And it's just so much fun to see tea evolve as, as a, an, agre- an ingredient and continue. So <laughs> I love it as an ingredient. And in fact, I have tea sablé, sablé or French short. Uh-huh. Um, cookies in the book, and I have a wonderful, oh, it's my favorite, peau de creme, a, a baked custard Ooh. that's tea and honey. <gasps> I oh, it's a great recipe. This. I love it. Oh, listeners, you will have to get her book. I'll have a link to Dory Greenspan's new book, Baking Chez Moi, on the website. And for those in the Chicago area, Dory Greenspan is actually going to be here at book signings and little uh, speeches. So check her website. It's from November 8th to 10th. She'll be in Chicago at Anderson's Bookstore and the Spice House. Please definitely come. And I'd, I'd love to, to see you listeners. And I can't wait to meet you, Dory. Thank you so much. I am so much. looking forward to it, and I will be so happy to meet your listeners. Come. Yes, please do. Come. Thank you. Oh, Margaret, thank you. thank you so much for this. It's always it's a pleasure, a real pleasure. Thank you. Oh, and thank you, Dory. You are a delight and a joie de vivre, and <laughs> <laughs> merci beaucoup. <laughs> merci to you. Oh, Thanks, Margaret. Thank you. And listeners, during your busy time, please take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.